Welcome to Mac and Cheese Music Podcast with your host, Brian. I'm really excited to have today's guest, Dave Tiemann. Dave is an exceptional guitar player and he has a lot of great insights into his years of being involved with this craft. But before we get started, I want to introduce the new component to our podcast. Component, introduce yourself. My name is Bruno. You're going to be hearing a lot more from this guy, so stick around for future broadcasts. So we got a two-parter here, onward with part one. Enjoy. So uh, you want a you want a do-over on two different. Worlds. I do. I want a do-over. <laughs> <laughs> but honest to God, man, you saved that song. Uh. You saved that song. And so, like Chris brought in uh, a really mediocre guitar and a really mediocre amp and it ju it just wasn't happening and then I threw that thing to you and you gave it that Chicago blues thing and you made it sound uh, so great well you know um, <laughs> you did, hindsight is like 2020 what, what would you do differently on that uh, well you know I think it I, I think it would be a different approach and um, uh, that that one in particular, I think I just rack up to uh, you live and you learn. And sometimes um, uh, sometimes you just need to step away for a bit before you right before you go. And that one I just yeah. kind of dive. You're right. Dove in. I'm gonna give this just a touch more gain, not much. All right, so hey, uh, this is Brian at Mac and Cheese, and this is my good friend Dave Tiemann, Hello. guitar aficionado. Dave uh, did a recording for me years ago on a blues tune. It's kind of a Chicago blues uh, tune, and it's actually going to be upcoming on Darnell Scott's uh, album that we're recording here at Mac and Cheese Music. But uh, Dave, tell us about your education. My education. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh, life. Yeah. Or well, or we, or, schooling. or official you, you, schooling. Your, your official schooling. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, I went to school at, from Chicago. I went to school there, uh, just a small college. I did community college for two years, and um, and then I went and finished up a a degree in music slash business. That was uh, just, um, I thought, you know, one end, the music end that I really loved and enjoyed, and the other end that was kind of a practical side of things that I thought might help me navigate life. Like, and it was <clears throat> all based on music, the, your, your education? Uh, mostly, yeah, yeah pri primarily. There was uh, half of the program was, um, was just a... Uh, um, your typical run-of-the-mill business classes right so you know starting small businesses and how to account for that and all that but right but, uh, right but what I was really into was the music yeah and, but were you uh, like at, you were it was it University of Arizona or you were at oh or? no it's a uh, it was uh, the college is called Elmhurst okay. College, and okay. it's uh, outside of Chicago oh okay um, like a western I don't know where I got Arizona of out of this. Well, I lived, I lived in Chicago for or yeah. I lived in Phoenix yeah. 
for about a decade. So, but your accolades were that when you graduated there, you had, had you had the first person to graduate with several different music degrees out of the out of the university. Uh, well, actually, when I went to Arizona. Um, so when that's I went, where I got, well, yeah, confused. that's where you got it. <laughs> when I got to Arizona, I was, uh, one of the first that was, uh, accepted into a program that they were doing. Um, well, I was, should say I was the first guitar player <laughs> accepted into it. So I don't know if they just had a thing that, uh, for, um, not letting guitar pro people in the, in the program. Oh, is what, it, oh okay. Exactly what it was. Was it, but, was it uh, mostly just usually piano players or something like that? Or? Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of piano players, horn players, that kind of thing. It was a, uh, it was a jazz program. So, um, and I think they were just, it was a jazz education program. Okay. And so I think that, uh, um, that just, uh, is geared maybe better for for piano players right. but um nowadays not so much but i think uh, i think they were just at the time just kind of getting going on it so okay yeah um but that was that was pretty short-lived i think i did a uh can't remember if i did a <laughs> just one semester or a full year there um but uh decided at that point the program really wasn't for mm -hmm. me so um, yeah. So I moved on in life. So uh, one of the reasons that Dave is here tonight is because he has a, a huge background in both uh, composition, songwriting, uh, theory. He's a, a, a extremely one of the most articulate guitar players I've ever worked with. And Dave has a personal philosophy that that there are so many great people out there that own it. <laughs> actually own their instruments and I look at David and I just say oh my god this is a guy who says that there are people out there who own it and he owns it but he doesn't think he does and <laughs> and and a lot of that is because he's an incredibly humble person but as the conversation goes on on this podcast you'll see that he's got a wealth of information to offer to a whole all sorts of people and all sorts of levels of music so let's. Let, well, gosh, so, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, um, uh, you've spent a lot of years writing writing songs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, I have. I was uh, I was married to a singer songwriter for uh, uh, twenty plus years, and um, so. Uh, but I was always interested in writing songs, but I think, you know, over those over those years, it just uh, sort of uh, got more finely tuned, you know, yeah. as 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 it does if you study it and work on it and and uh, and try to push forward right. in that in that vein, you know. How, how do you get your juices flowing when you when you uh, when you're in songwriting mode? What how did how do you accomplish these tasks? You know. It, it uh, I've always found that it just it uh, like a song with the right idea, mm -hmm. the right sort of thing that inspires you that um, that you just know is going to be a song. It just writes itself. Okay, uh, yeah. almost almost every single time. All right, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. I, uh, very few. 
I don't know, maybe maybe a few songs along the way, maybe uh, uh, back back in the day earlier on that they there was more um, they were more laborious, you know, trying to um, trying to put together just because of um, you know maybe a lack of uh, of the style or what to do or how to. Um, how to develop that idea. When you say they, who do you mean by they? By they, you mean... Uh, well, you said, you, you said back in the day, they... Oh, the, so, the songs uh, yeah, themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would, be, would be more... Um, would be a bit more work because of, <clears throat> of maybe still, you know trying to get uh um just uh whether it be uh um you know knowledge of theory mm -hmm. or different things kind of un under your belt right you know it's a music is a constant sort of work in progress and if you've got an idea for a song that's in a style maybe that you're not familiar with right. that in and of itself can take some right um some study just to kind of get at to make happen. Are you are you kind of yeah. co comparing your songwriting style to like Burt Bacharach or somebody <laughs> like that? Oh no, no, I, no, I, no! I wouldn't do that. I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> uh, uh, no. I, 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 comparatively to the great songwriters, I consider myself a flea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You've you've actually written some great stuff through the years, man. Have some wow. great releases through the years. It's oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank it's really you. good stuff. So uh, when you and Jen were working together, did you guys collaborate on a lot of this? Uh we you know we uh, didn't really for songwriting. I think we had one one song. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, when we first started writing songs, I was... Oh, wait. Yeah, that's my hi-hat. <laughs> Excuse me. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> when, we first, uh, when we first were writing songs, we was kind of in a band context. So, um, uh, so I did a lot of the um, putting progressions together, mm -hmm. uh, putting arrangements together, um, we had horn player horn players so i'd had to kind of scribble out the parts and that um for them and but jen was the primary did you, did you do so. a lot of e flat and b flat keys <laughs> lots, lots of e flat and b flat and then the occasional b natural you know just to just, just to screw with the horn players <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how, how this one's an e. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you guys might not like it, but <laughs> that's awesome, man. No, really, the intent was it to be out of tune just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my friend Mikey, he uh, he writes most of his stuff in B flat and E flat because he's always oh. thinking about the horn section. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. So um, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about our favorite subject: guitars. Guitars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right. Let's get to it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you said recently that you acquired a Paul Reed Smith. I did, but it's a it's a it's an overseas model. It's a uh, an SE version of of their kind of high end hollow body that they make, um, and uh, I really I really like it. Been uh, 
uh, it's been a great guitar so far and it just really stays in tune plays it's very natural to play yeah. and I've always always wanted a full hollow body um, because I like jazz stuff a lot but um, the problem I've always had with full hollow body guitars they usually have like a floating bridge on it mm -hmm. and it's like a wooden bridge that'll just sort of sit on the body of the guitar they designed and, that for, for because of tone is that they were searching for that one more yeah, tone yeah I think it's more has more to do with tone it's kind mm -hmm. of like uh, how a violin is set up you right. know where it's you know sits on top of the arch you know the arch top of the guitar and but the problem I always found with that is um, is it's great you get a great sound but bending strings becomes a problem because that bridge sort of hmm will sort of move as you put pressure on it okay and then and if anybody anybody who knows who's worked with the tremolo system ever in their life knows that that's a real bear to keep um to keep finely tuned mm -hmm. and as you know being in the studio right something that just gets a little bit tweaky out of tune is will make your oh, ear boy. Go, oh. yeah yeah man intonation yeah. Yeah. it's it's amazing to me how many people don't hear intonation and it's and it took me it actually took our good friend eric ritz to batter my, me upside the head for a while before i finally started getting it man but you know when you don't hear it you don't hear it and and a lot, a lot of times, it's a reinforcement of of not learning how to practice properly. And mm. um, so, any there, there is that. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, I digress. <laughs> yeah, I certainly. Digress. Well, in any event, yeah, the the so the guitar itself, anyway, has a it's full hollow, it's fully hollow, but underneath the bridge, there's a. Uh, a block of wood that sort of connects the top and the bottom of the mm -hmm. guitar mm -hmm. and then the bridge bolts into that mm -hmm. um, so it basically serves two purposes it it um, keeps the guitar from feeding back like a traditional hollowed body guitar because mm -hmm. um, anybody who's played an acoustic live too knows that that's a real bear to sort of keep right. that uh, you know keep the squeal at bay right and um and um it makes for a solid bridge so voila problem solved and it's uh it's been a i bought it just a few months back i found one online that was um a price i couldn't refuse right <laughs> and uh and i went with it um so you were a, a faithful Gibson guy for a number of years. I was. I had a yeah. I had a, a three thirty five that I played for. Love the 20, guitar. Twenty five years. Love those things, man. Yeah, it it uh, it was yeah. It was my only guitar, really, apart from um, an acoustic guitar mm -hmm. uh, that I had. But it was my only electric. Yeah. You know for. Uh, for 25 years, yeah. pretty much. So, so yeah. did you find it e extremely versatile in, in that time? The 335? Yeah. Yeah, you you know, if you need a guitar that uh, really can do most anything, mm -hmm. a 335 is, is, is a great choice. Um, uh, some things I found you can't really get, um, but you 
uh, tone-wise, uh, the single coil tone mm-hmm. thing is hard to is hard to uh, accomplish with that because right. you've got two humbucking pickups. So to to get uh, to get a single coil sound, you really need a, a single coil, right? You know, like Strat, mm-hmm. Tele kind of thing, um, and um, it being semi-hollow, you don't quite get that full hollow body jazz tone right. as well. So um, that was always a you know, thing I always, to consider. Anyway. I always saw 335s in blues bands. I mean, you know, when I was growing up. And, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. The, yeah, that's the hallmark for, yeah. for, uh, for, uh, for blues. Uh, worked worked great, really well for jazz too. Yeah. You know, um, I'll vouch just for that. I heard it, it. but <laughs> but more uh, but more sort of uh, moderny sort of sounds. Even though the three thirty five is an mm-hmm. you know an older style um, instrument, it just it just sounds good. Yeah, when you get a good one, it just sounds right. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, what else? Well, so you well you've you've moved uh, you moved into Fender into Fender world. Well, I have I moved into <laughs> Fender territory, but in sort of kind of an odd way because uh, I bought a Telecaster that has uh, two humbucking pickups into it. Yeah, but the Fender style humbuckers, um, so they sort of have a, a bit of a bit of twang to them. But mm-hmm. it's uh, but it's been nice for my ear to. Uh, to hear and to play with different sounds and different tones, you know, um, that, uh, uh, um, that I just haven't done a lot of over mm-hmm. the last 25 years. Yeah. And another telly that I bought has, uh, it's a deluxe Nashville telly. So it has three pickups. It's got the two, uh, Telecaster pickups um, and then in the middle, it's got a strat pickup. Yeah. So you get real stratty mm-hmm. tones. Yeah. As well, which is um, which is really cool, and I'm I'm really loving. I it. used to know a yeah. guy who had one of those. Yeah. But I'm I'm telling you, man, live. Mm-hmm. Was, oh my God! What oh, tone? It's nice. It's it's nice. I'm still. Um, I'm still kind of getting used to it all, you know. Mm-hmm. I've made a made a shift here in the last year to just try different uh, try different sounds, um, sort of moving in a uh, in. I have yet to what has yet to be seen what sort of direction mm-hmm. um, um, that is, but uh, but it's been fun to experiment with uh, with different guitar tones and, mm-hmm. and uh, um, yeah <laughs> your meat and potatoes sort of guitar tones that you've you've used through the years how are from from what uh, from what template have you moved from and what are you moving into as far as the guitar tones you're talking about I I think I think what I'm I've been searching for uh-huh. lately is yeah. more of a, a modern type fusion mm-hmm. type of tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always really loved fusion, and oh, the the style, the musical yeah, style, the, yeah, the the style of that, and and um, I you know that's a that's a 
probably a whole episode in and of right, itself uh, to talk about. Right, but, right, right. Um, you know, guys in the style of, uh, you know, Robin Feeney, Ford. Oh. Robin Ford, yeah, um, yeah <clears throat> Chick Corea, right. uh, you know, uh, um, um, guys who are uh, Al Damiola, those guys very are, well yeah. versed in jazz and could probably most definitely do so right if they if they chose but sort of took that off into mm-hmm. a into a different direction right you know, somewhere in left field somewhere that kind of fuses maybe rock tones um you know in jazz it's just such a, a clean style all the time mm-hmm. um it's about getting a very you know very hollow, fat sort right. of um, jazz tone, mm-hmm. clean. Um, but uh, but I really like using uh, some grit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Know, some distortion um, that uh, uh, that kind of helps smooth out tone, and you can and you get you get a lot of sustain from it. You really can do things that are more organ like. Mm. You know, where oh, you really? can sustain yeah. s- sustain notes for mm-hmm. longer periods periods of time. So, um, but I don't know that that's um, I don't know that that's much different than a lot of guys. Like you said, Robin Ford. Actually, you bring up that name, and uh, my current roommate has uh, uh, I has turned me on to him as as of oh. late, and I've I've always. Uh, always known the name, had mm-hmm. heard some stuff, but I really, really started paying attention yeah. to him lately. <clears throat> and wow, is he great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of guys out there, I think, in the world that I've, uh, that I've always known existed. And just in the last year or two, I've really started to pay attention. Mm-hmm. To why they're so darn great, you know? <laughs> yeah. Besides blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> Oops, there we go again. I should stop bashing that hi hat around. It's a little tight in my recording studio here, so I have a full drum set up and a console over here, and so I my elbows. I'm get, I get excited when oh, Dave I, talks like this. And I thought really it was just. I thought it was just that I told the joke. But um, boom! Yeah, that's right. That's right. So do you have guitar players who've influenced you through the years? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I guess every guitar player does. Um, guys that I like, oh, you know, oh, I don't know, wide, wide, wide range of them. Um, I really like, uh, surprisingly, though, I... I I turn more towards other instruments. Mm-hmm. I think for for inspiration. Yeah, a lot of yeah, times. I get you know, that. One of my all time favorites. Period is Freddie Hubbard. Uh, oh, trumpet. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's just <clears throat> just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but guitar player wise, yeah, I really like. Uh, I really always really liked Matheny a lot. Yeah. Um, what have I been listening to as of late? It's just, it's just you know, yeah, you know, wash of all different. Yeah, it's really different it's great. Sort of, sorts of things lately, which is you know that's a great thing about the the modern age is you can just you go online and pretty much listen to any style of mm-hmm. you know 
um, uh, learn how to play it. Gosh, I wish all that was around when I was yeah. going to school. Maybe I, <laughs> I'm a, maybe I would have skipped school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for that social interaction thing. And um, personally, I'm not a really big fan of like taking instruction off of YouTube videos where you don't have a personal interaction with the instructor. Whereas it it has its own challenges. Yeah, yeah, it really does because it's too easy to be sloppy without somebody correcting you. So, I mean, currently with the COVID thing, a lot of my friends who are instructors are doing, are using both Zoom and also the uh, Mm. new one that's out is Jazz Kazam. Has anybody out there heard of Jazz Kazam? Oh, Jam Kazam. Jam Jam, Jam Kazam. Uh, Have you used it? uh, No, I have not used it. Um, My my current roommate has been... uh, he's been uh, messing with it to try and get it uh get it working for him but um i, th- oh. I don't oh. know at this point that um they've been able to come together and it's actually a, use it's, it it's as a, a bandwidth a, thing huh yeah i th- i still I, yeah i think so and i think yeah. that might remain uh, that might remain a challenge just because uh of the nature of that kind of software mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. being able to jam in a live context huh um but 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 apparently they have figured that out um but i just i've not been able to um i've been not been able to experiment with it Uh myself oh so you've you've looked at it you've seen it uh i've i have kind of seen i've seen what it is but i haven't used it right yeah one of my friends who's a super accomplished jazz pianist says it's great. Mm. And, and it's like, and I was like, whoa, like, dude, you're using Jam Kazam? I was, uh, I, which to me uh, was like, that's like, holy <laughs> crap. So maybe there is something to this thing. The world I, is chase, snap uh, your fingers yeah, and the world yeah, changes. Yeah, and bring, on, yeah. bring on a huge disease that everybody's susceptible to. <laughs> Next thing you know, Jam Kazam. These are, <laughs> these are some strange times, brother. Boy, tell me about it. <laughs> so um, how about your journey with amplifiers, oh, man? You, that's been a long gosh. and... Long and arduous track, right? Amplifiers, yeah. You mean the ones I've thrown out the window or the ones that I've thrown into the Puget Sound? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, all of it. I mean, you've you've, uh, obviously, you're a tone meister, and so, you know, uh, great guitar players play their amps as well as their guitar. So, yeah, tell me about that journey. Wow. Well, you know, it's... uh, it's that's something that just keeps moving too. I mm-hmm. think you know, and I think it's something I've I've uh, I'm accepting these days that that's sort of in constant sort of transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, because as you learn and develop musically, you're looking for you know maybe you want to work on a different project or your um um or you're writing stuff in a different sort of way or you're looking to record stuff mm-hmm. in a different way so you're looking for different sounds that kind of um fit and and suit that and um you know i don't i don't live in a space where i can have you know 
20 different amplifiers right. at my disposal, unfortunately. But uh, Well, minus yeah. the ones that are in the Puget Sound that you threw, <laughs> threw down the stairs. <laughs> I wish I could say it was rock star and I threw them out the hotel window, man. But... <laughs> That was, and that on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm curr- well, I currently play on this. Uh, recently bought a, um, uh, recently bought a uh, uh, Marshall, a DSL-40. Really? It's called, yeah. And, um, and I had just been researching lots of different amps online, checking them out. And um, originally when I came across it, I, I, uh, you know, way back when, um, I had had a Marshall and, uh, um, and I had never really revisited that since, um, since then. <clears throat> but, uh, lately I've been getting into, uh, I've got an effects floorboard, uh, Boss GT100. That, wow, that I use, and um, I've really been that's new for you too, isn't it? It's is fairly new for me because I've always just been a you know straight me, in I guy, was yeah. Three thirty five straight in into the amp kind of guy forever. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, heck, when we we did we did shows, me and my ex wife, we would just uh, I would just plug my that three thirty five just into the uh, just straight into the PA. Oh, you know, really? and just play, yeah. just play clean like yeah. that. And it, it sounded was, great. I heard it. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it, uh, it, that was kind of a juggling act between what's, uh, what sounds acceptable and what's, uh, what's easy to carry. Because, oh. you know, when you go to gigs, it can... I'm a drummer, to, and you're talking about to easy to carry. Much, you know? <laughs> you're drummers, and we're overcompensating. <laughs> but, my uh, personal philosophy. But, yeah, but so this Marshall, I don't know, I... I, I, I I even saw some reviews on it, and, and I sort of had it in the back of my mind. But... Uh, believe it or not, there's very few amplifiers out there that will let you connect <clears throat> um, hmm. uh, a MIDI cable into it. And oh. this Marshall has just that. Really? And so what it does is it has, the amp itself has four different modes. It's basically two channels with two modes each. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can get a foot switch to do that. Or with the MIDI cable coming out of the Boss mm-hmm. uh, GT100 that I have, oh. you can use the pedals to switch all four different modes. So you basically it turns into a four-channel amplifier. So one. So let me just go back for a moment. So through the MIDI, you're actually you're actually controlling the tubes in the amplifier. Well, you're not controlling the tubes, but you're controlling the channel switching. Uh-huh. Um, I can turn the effects loop on and off. Right. Um, and then I can select the, uh, I can also um, preset the which master gain to use. So if I wanted to use uh, one of the masters for, uh, one of the masters for like a solo boost and then right. the other one for just a rhythm, mm-hmm. uh, rhythm volume sort right. of thing. Um, so it, that really comes in handy because now with those four different modes, now I can use them as like four separate channels. So right. the varying degrees of of gain. So um, it just really, 
it's just very versatile yeah. that way. Yeah. And um and the tone and the tone is good. What was interesting is I bought the amp. I played it quite a bit. I thought, well, you know, I uh, <clears throat> purchased it through Guitar Center, so <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, might take them up on the return policy mm-hmm. as I've done before. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in, you know, in, in, lieu in of worst, the lake. In worst <laughs> case, <laughs> since, <laughs> since, yeah, since I did, you know, buy it from a legitimate company that I could return it from, even though it might be more satisfying to throw it into the Puget Sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> that I I could in fact return it if uh, if <laughs> if necessary and well the thing is um, so I bought it and I was trying to dial in tone you know different things and I liked the tone but I wasn't really in love with it right and uh, well it has on the back of it it has a closed back and so on the back it has a uh, uh, at the bottom, it has just kind of a little slit where you can kind of stick your hand in mm-hmm. if you if you wanted to. Right. That sort of opens it up, and I thought, well, that's that's kind of built almost like a subwoofer would be, you know, mm-hmm. where you've got like airspace. That's, right. And and with a closed back, it sort of pushes all the sound out right out front mm-hmm. and makes it a little. And I'm guessing with that little uh, hole in the back that was just making it for. Uh, making it sound more bassy because they're right. you know martial right. Right. rock that rock right. sort of tone Absolutely, maybe yeah. they're maybe they're trying to push for that. Well, I was <laughs> I was over at Michael's the other day, you know Michael, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he helped me pull out pull off the bag. He got out his uh, he got out his electric drill. And we we pulled the back off. Mm-hmm. Magic happened. Really, magic happened. It all of a sudden it. It Opened just up. filled the room. Yeah, it filled the room. I could stand behind it. it sounded like I was standing in front of it. And right, which is wow. Did wonders. Celestians for it. in it, or what are they using? We will continue this conversation with Dave Teeman on our next podcast. Stay tuned. Okay, Bruno, take it away to infinity and beyond. 